All right, uh, welcome back to the Young Turks. We got a great and funny guest for you guys. Steve Hofstetter is with us. Uh, now, Steve uh, has done a great number of things in his career. Uh, your uh, album Pick Your Battles reached number one on iTunes comedy charts. You were the host and executive producer of Laughs on Fox Networks, senior comedy correspondent for Fox Sports, former EVP of film and television for the Laugh Factory, CEO of Comedy Juice. Your YouTube channel's got 100 million views. That's a lot of stuff, Steve. It, it is, it's a lot of stuff. It's uh, all fueled by fear of failure. Okay, I good, yeah. good. I, I always find that to be really healthy. Yeah, it's a good, it's when you wake up in the morning and you go, huh? And then you start working, that's kind of how it works, yeah. So yeah, it is, is it an oxymoron to be a hardworking comedian? No, I think that there are a lot of comedians who are very, very driven people. It's the stereotype is like, you know, the lazy guy on a couch, but that's that's not how it works anymore. Yeah, and and uh, I, I saw a little bit of the, or a lot of the special on HBO on Gary Shandling, mm -hmm. and he worked maniacally at his comedy. Absolutely, as you know, uh, Seinfeld was methodical. Um, you know, there there were a lot of people, who, and even if you just look at touring, you know, if you look at the tour schedule that Bill Hicks had, you know, it's it's the hard workers tend to rise to the top, and every now and then there's an aberration of that, but for the most part, any successful comedian is someone who works very very hard. Yeah, you gotta be really serious about your comedy. Absolutely. <laughs> Although uh, uh, Jimmy Dore, who's a comedian on this network, says, "Look, I got into comedy uh, so I could be lazy. <laughs> it's like if I wanted to work hard, I would have gotten a corporate job." Yeah. Okay, but of course, the uh, difference. Well, that but that's also because what we do isn't work to us. It's you exactly. Know, yeah. I, I like to joke around that we're truckers with jokes. Like our main job is traveling, and then after that, we just get to have fun. Yeah, so I want to ask about that too. So Steve's a, a progressive, uh, and he uses political humor, and so that's so it's perfect for this show, obviously. Uh, but uh, I, before we get into all that and yeah. how you once accidentally performed for the Klan, um, just a couple members. The, okay, just just a couple. <laughs> okay, well we'll yeah. explain that story. But how is it on the road? I mean, does it? Does it pay okay? Are you like, are you take? Are they not at first? It uh -huh. pays okay once you can sell tickets, which is thankfully the place where I am right now, and that's because of YouTube, uh, and now also because of Facebook. You know, my my videos there also have 100 million views, and so because of that, I can sell tickets to people directly, and I don't need someone from a major corporation to decide whether or not I'm good enough because fans have, which is very nice, and a lot of them haven't, but who cares? Because if 1% of the world wants to see you, you'll be the most successful comedian of all time. Yeah, that's right. And so how does that work? I'm interested in the mechanics of it. Is it that fans ask for you in, in Indiana and or that- Yeah, well I did, a tour, I did a tour two years ago that was called the Your Tour. And the basic idea was it was the first time I was able to actually draw. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna put out 100 different cities and here the date that I'll, here's the date that I want to be there, and here's the name of the city. I don't know the venue, I don't know the showtime. Um, buy a pre-sale ticket. If I don't sell enough, I'll refund your money. If I do, I'll come to your city. And it was one of those things where just all these cities kept buying enough. And so then when I did it again last year, I ended up in, I think it was 150 different cities in 13 countries. And so now this year, I don't even do it that way anymore. I just know that if I put a city up for sale, it'll sell. And that's a wonderful place to be in my career, but it took 17 years. Wow, that's a great story. I didn't know that. That's yeah. also innovative. So thank you. And and it's people powered. So I love that too. It, it, yeah, it absolutely is. It is relying on the individual customer to decide. You know, comedy is very democratic. 
you know, the individual, co- and I don't mean, you know, like the electoral college, I mean actual democracy. Uh, (laughs) So where people can decide the way you vote is you buy a ticket, and it's as simple as that. And sometimes people will say, well, how come you never come to X? And it's like, well, because you didn't buy a ticket last time I was there. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go somewhere where people supported me more. Um, And, yeah, and it's it's been great to see the change the last couple of years. Free market, baby. Yeah. Uh, Is that – so you worked at all these different outlets uh, all the way to Sirius Satellite Radio, Sports Illustrated, et cetera. Yeah. But do you think that uh, the lion's share or almost all of the the people that are buying the tickets are coming from online? Absolutely. Um, I have been recognized from – I hosted a show on Fox up against SNL for a year. I've been stopped on the street from it one time. One time Mm -hmm. someone was like, oh, hey, I know you're from Laps. Um, I get stopped every time I go to the airport. Someone's like, hey, I watch YouTube. I had a pilot come up to me during a flight, which I'm kind of like, get back in there. <laughs> I know they have multiple. But uh, mm-hmm. all from YouTube, all from Facebook. It's people who watch the videos because when they like it, they share it with their friends. They can sit around. That's the new television. I mean, we know that we're here right now. Yeah. This is the new television. That's how it works. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the Klan. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, this story. Yeah. So how'd you wind up in front of the Klan? I was doing a show in Muskogee, Oklahoma, which I know, quit bragging. And uh, <laughs> it was a bar. They hadn't had comedy there for a very long time, and it was just this bar gig. And uh, these two guys come up to us, and they're very excited to talk to comedians, and they start telling us jokes. And by jokes, I mean racist theories. Like, mm-hmm. they're pretty much like the setup punch is like, you know who we don't like who? Black people? We're like, uh-oh. And my friends start laughing, and they're not laughing in the way of like, hey, this is really funny. They're laughing in the way of like, can you believe that this is where we're going to die? Which is a sadder <laughs> laugh that like lilts at the end. And these guys, the clan is not known for irony and, and understanding subtlety. So they show us that they are card-carrying members of the KKK. Like, which is- I didn't know they had cards. I, know, I did not, it's an anonymous organization. Like, why do you- like, don't look at my face. Here's my face. Like, why do you? <laughs> you have hoods. Why yeah. would you? How can you have a photo ID if, I, you, if you're wearing hoods? Well, they probably. Did, did the picture have a hood the on it? The picture had no hood, which was amazing <laughs> to me. Because it's like, how do you even, when you get to the meeting, do you have to just be like, hey, peekaboo? Uh, <laughs> oh, boo, with the ghost thing, that works. But um, yeah, they, like, maybe they get 10% off the dry cleaner. Like, I don't know why they have that card. Yeah. You, you got to figure white sheets in the woods. Like, that gets dirty. That's a good They're, point. Yeah. I guess they might not even do sheets anymore. Isn't that kind of ironic that in the old days when the Klan was really powerful and they were doing yeah. lynchings, even then they were a little embarrassed. That's why they had to put on the hood. When I saw that footage from Charlottesville, one of the things I said was I liked it better when they tried to hide their face. Because the fact that these, these kids are so emboldened now and are so willing to, also, they might be dumber. Because they might be, because you see the people who are like at that rally and then they lost their job and they're like, but why? Why do you think? Uh, or you don't think, that's the problem. Um, yeah, so, so I had to do that show. That was my first year on the road. And but so, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm amused by the idea of the confused Klanman. Oh yeah. I, I, said, I, well, I, I don't get why I lost my job. I was just there to say black people suck and and the Jews control the world, and 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 they're all inferior to us. And then my black Jewish boss fired me. I don't get it. <laughs> and by the way, uh, he works for Whoopi Goldberg. It's a. I've never understood that argument that the Jews are inferior, and they control the world. It's the same people who make the argument that Mexicans are taking their jobs and they're also lazy. It's the 
<laughs> you know, and these socialist communists. It's people who don't know what words mean and will also not hesitate to call someone else tiny brain. Yes, uh, as a story we just covered together. Uh, so uh, you're Jewish, as you talk about in your comedy. Uh, so you got a Klan guy showing you his photo ID. Yeah. Uh, so what you were talking about your friends with the, the laughter, what was your reaction? So my reaction was abject fear, absolute fear and trying to figure out how we're gonna get through this. And so what I did do was uh, I went up and I just, I ad-libbed and I just pretended, you know, did it because a lot of my act is progressive politics and also being a Jewish person. And those are two things that the, can, the clan I'm not very fond of. <laughs> so uh, I just, I went up and I, I did as, as little time as I could. And then I went, we had like this van we were touring in and I went in there, we had a PlayStation in it. And I went and I, I played, I played uh, PlayStation baseball and, until they, I was like, I'm probably not gonna sell any, al- sell any albums after this one. You know? Like, so you, you, just, you just went right into the van and you're like, I'm done with this. Yeah, I had to go yeah. back in to get my stuff. And because my friends were still performing, I had to go back in. And uh, when I went, when I started to come out, the KKK had blocked my one exit. They were in front of the, you've had that happen, right? Have you had that? Yeah, no, no, not yet. no, just two, me. Two, 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 I yeah, hope not. Just me. And, uh-huh. uh, and one of them just goes, hey! Which is the maiden call of the KKK, um, <laughs> and Did I, it work? I walk over because there's nothing you can do at that point. Like you have to. This wasn't a second story venue. Like I, this was my one. Like I couldn't shimmy out the bathroom window. Like I don't tour <laughs> with a rope. You know, can't. Yeah, they well, pro- so they you, probably had one. Yeah, yeah. Say, they yeah, might have had just one. Just part ready. of the one tied to their bumper. <laughs> and so I, uh, I just had to walk toward them, and I get right up to them, and one just goes, "You as funny as I know, we can't curse." Uh, uh-huh. He was funny as expletive, and uh, I just you know breathed a sigh of relief. And my immediate thought as a comic was like, "Can I put that on my website? Like, how <laughs> funny would that be? Come on, you was funny as the KKK. Like, I'd lose gigs, but as a comic, it'd be so worth it. <laughs> it'd be worth losing the gigs. All right, we limited time left. Uh, yeah. I want to do two things. First of all, I want to thank Travis Hatfield, who is our Young Turks member, who uh, uh, let us know about you. Yeah, thank you, Travis. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. You. it's awesome. Thank you, Travis. Uh, and I want to let people know where they can um, uh, watch you and, and see you in their neck of the woods, if you will. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, so my new book is called Ginger Kid. If they want to pick that up, it's number one in its category, uh, top five pick on Amazon. And uh, evil corporation, right? And then uh, <laughs> now when they sell my book. And uh, if you want to see me touring, I am touring not just all over the states, but all over the world. Uh, they can check out stevehoffsetter.com. Coming up real soon is uh, Calgary, El Paso, uh, Minneapolis. All right, Steve, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, brother. All right, great to see you. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, um, we got a former NFL player, okay? Uh, He's also involved in politics, we'll explain. All right, back on the Young Turks. Another great guest for you guys, Walt Powell, former NFL player and founder of Politoscope uh, joins us. uh, Walt, thanks for coming in the studio, man. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm yeah. Excited, I'm super excited. <laughs> All right, uh, me too. I want to talk about Politoscope and uh, how you founded it, why you founded it, what it is, etc. First, let's just talk real quick about uh, the NFL. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, you played uh, with the Cardinals, the Jets, the Bills, the Raiders, Bills, Jaguars, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a funny question, but was the game good to you? Did you? Oh yeah, well, I mean everything about it was good. You know, it was just. Um, Everybody's dream is, you know, make it to the NFL, especially playing football. So, I mean, it's definitely good. It got me to where I needed to be, and got me to where I am now. So, I'm grateful. 
Yeah, so now there's a lot of stories of people going from the NFL into politics. Mm -hmm. Right, there aren't. Okay, <laughs> so, so what happened? How did you get in, uh, interested in politics? I got interested in politics by my best friend, uh, Jackson White, my co-founder. Been my boy since we were 16, been living with me for like the last three years. And he always broke down politics to me into a way that I can understand. So it was literally one day in late December when I um, was currently not on a team at that time, but you know, a bill got passed and he was breaking it down to me. And we were just having a discussion about like how misinformed and how naive people can be when it comes to just politics and politicians and bills. And it literally hit me, it's like clear as day. And I knew it was real because I haven't had a vision this real since I was a kid and I knew I wanted to play in the NFL, but it was about politoscope. And I'm like, Jay, what if we created an app that broke down politics the way you break it down to me? And he was like, is there an app out there like that? Is there something out there? And you know, we did like 30 minutes of diligence looking around and we couldn't find nothing. So literally I said, I'll be right back. Went to CVS, grabbed some printed paper, came back home, drew it out exactly how I seen it. Let Jay put in his political input and 20 some pages later, it was Politoscope. Okay, so I, I like a guy who says, I've got a vision, I'm gonna be in the NFL, and then actually makes it happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So when you got a vision, it's a serious thing. Oh yeah, they don't <laughs> come too often, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the idea behind Politoscope is basically make things simple so yeah. that you know what people are up to. Exactly. So you guys talk a lot about how you're unbiased, mm -hmm. right? So is this, um, what what do you give in the app? What kind of information do you give in that? So instead of being you know unbiased, we more so um, be object objective. You know you know Politoscope. You know we created a a nonpartisan player profile app for politicians where it breaks down and explains every bill a politician votes for or against in a layman's terms. So basically, just uh, showcasing all notable articles and videos based off straight facts and not biased opinions, and really just making it that one-stop shop for all politics. And you can even register to vote and just have your own personal profile. So anything you want to look at, whether it's you know your favorite politician. Articles, videos, or bills—you can all—you can save them, and they go to your personal profile page and get updates on them, and just keep you up to date with the stuff you like. Can you uh, track the folks you don't like? I mean, you can if you follow them. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow them, so you get all, all the updates on them. Enemies list is not just for Nixon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, and. and do you want it to be kind of like like baseball cards, football cards, where you kind of see the stats? Uh, no, I want it to be. I want to. I want it to be bigger than that, just because it, it can be, especially in the time that we're in now. Like it's needed, because shoot, people my age, people your age, they don't really know where to look for it to just get some genuine information, genuine facts. So I feel like us being that one-stop shop for all politics, whether it's information or media to a certain extent, like that's where we want to be. So how do you guys break it down? Because uh, it. The bills are incredibly complicated. Yeah. Like I, I would, I don't envy that task. Not at all. <laughs> of, like getting a giant mm -hmm. bill with a ton of legalese. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was in law school, they asked the, us to write a bill. Mm -hmm. And after that project, I was like, I never want to write a bill again in my yeah. life. Like because you have to be so careful about what. But what if this happens? What mm -hmm. if that happens? And so you put it in this. There's a reason why it's in that legalese. Mm -hmm. So whose job is it to take that and turn so, it into human language? So that's my co-founder, the political junkie job, Jay Jackson White. He the one who um, we have an API that pulls information from over a hundred uh, sources, and then from there, 
they break it down into digestible information. But as well, we have a team of uh, law students, you know, graduated from uh, UW, uh, University of Wisconsin, that breaks down the bills as well and just try to keep it just straight down the middle and not, you know, too yeah. biased. So is every Republican on there? Uh, uh, Tax goes for the rich, tax goes for the rich, tax goes for the rich. I mean, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it just all depends, you know, what you're looking for, but most likely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but by the way, though, so I, I we're super clear about it. Uh, our perspective is homo progressives. Mm-hmm. We're not hiding the ball at, at all. Exactly. Uh, but um, but that is what they voted for. Yeah. Right? And that's okay to say it. Yeah, it's not that's it's, objective to say it. Right. And it's nothing wrong with being left or right, liberal, conservative. It's about knowing the true essence of it. And I feel like that's where a lot of people really lose their way and just go into this whole tribalistic mindset. And that's all, oh, it's blue, all oh, I'm red. You know, it's it's not about that. And it's deeper than that. And it's not so black and white as people make it seem to be. Right. And so uh, what's your ultimate vision for this? I mean, my ultimate vision is to become the number one just trustworthy informational source, period, you know, dealing with politics and eventually, you know, IPO and really just do something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. And so your hope is before an election, I'm gonna go to Politoscope and I'm gonna check out my local congressperson or maybe the person running against them or hopefully both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And get information in a way that I can understand it mm-hmm. about what they actually voted for and what they're in favor of. Yes, is that right? That's right. So we're so, going to start, you know, federally then work our way down and yeah, eventually What's get in it right now? Is so, it is it ready yet? Yes, it's ready. It's been out since uh we just launched in November. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been out a couple months. So it's been mm-hmm. doing pretty good. So excited. <laughs> okay, all right, excellent. And so what kinds of information? So the bills they voted for, that's mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. What else is in there? So, uh, of course, bills, we got bill breakdown statistics on every bill. We have just, um, we have information, well, we got videos and articles that's uh, just showing just straight facts and, yeah, just trying to keep it straight down the middle. But, I mean, everything you need for real. So, but did Ocasio-Cortez break the app because there's so many articles about her that you just can't contain it in the app? Almost, (laughs) almost, but not yet. But that's why we got Jada, you know, just control, quality control. Okay, (laughs) so are you guys thinking about putting the political donations they've gotten? Because that'd be, I mean, that'd be an interesting source. I mean, that's why we're going to be the one-stop shop for all politics. So we already got that, you know, lined up to... To drop in a you know in a couple years or not a couple years but you know a few months so we, everything step by step but yeah because that's also relevant and that's also facts I mean oh, yeah, you do it with is. it what you like gotcha. so so for example the the Texas race Ted Cruz is the number one recipient mm-hmm. of uh, money from uh, oil and gas uh, employees mm-hmm. right uh, so you can look at that and go well I, I like oil and gas in Texas because mm-hmm. that's Maybe I'm employed by oil and gas companies. I like Ted Cruz. Yeah. Or you can look at it and go, I don't. I'm against climate. You know, I think climate change is real. I'm yeah. against fossil fuel companies. I don't like that. By the way, then you'd find out, hey, the guy he's running against, Beto O'Rourke, was the second biggest recipient mm-hmm. of oil and gas money, at least from the employees. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people don't like those facts. Mm-hmm. They're still facts. Facts is facts. <laughs> at the end of the day, you can't be mad at it, whether you're coming from the left or the right side. I mean, you can't be mad at the facts. So that's yeah, what it is. So how about uh, yourself? Uh, you think maybe one day uh, you're featured on the app because you're running? Uh, no, not not me. You know, more so uh, Jay Jackson. Like he he's gonna be the one because I mean, like I said, he's the political junkie behind it all, and uh, yeah, that's why that's why I trust. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Jay. <laughs> okay, so you're Menendez doesn't have to worry about his seat. You're not coming for him in New no, Jersey because no. you're based out of Jersey. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You never know. Never um, say never, though. Yeah, never say never. Yeah. So, um, what was a bigger thrill, setting up the company or uh, getting in the NFL? Keep it real. Ah, the bigger thrill. I mean, it was a uh, definitely getting in the NFL because you know I was bred to play play football. Like I didn't, you know, wasn't interested in politics. But yeah, just definitely getting drafted. That was. Uh, sh- just a lifelong dream because not too many kids can get drafted. You know, it's only like 360-some people that get drafted a year. So it's yeah. like, I mean, it was just a straight blessing. But at the same time, you know, starting Politoscope just from an idea out the cloud, you know, and just taking it out the cloud and putting it on paper and putting it on paper to put it into a prototype and from a prototype to an app. It's just watching that whole process from uh, late December to now has been just, yeah. it's been beautiful. Well, it's a hard thing to compete with the, getting drafted in the NFL. Oh, yeah, definitely, it definitely is. I mean, look, I didn't get drafted mm. partly because I didn't play in college, uh, <laughs> partly because I was mediocre. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's such a great, great moment. But you could match it if you had maybe an IPO. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Uh, oh, yeah. Did you see that video where Dre uh, got to a billion dollars mm-hmm. and then uh, Fix Your Face, the Fix Your Face video? Yep. That might match getting that drafted in the yeah. NFL. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, once we IPO, which I know we will, like, yeah, that's going to be NFL. IPO is going to be about right here. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely excited about that. Okay, and and of course, uh, I imagine another mission is mm-hmm. uh, make sure that uh, people are voting the right way. Not, the right way, not in, according to your opinions, mm-hmm. but at least in a way that's informed. Exactly, just being informed and just, at the end of the day, we're just trying to bring transparency to politics and if that helps you, you know, just get out, get out and vote and just get out and just be informed, I mean, I feel like we, we've done our job. All right, everybody check out Politoscope, uh, Walt Powell. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank we really, really appreciate it. That's uh, great of you to come in, especially in person. Uh, all right, guys, uh, we uh, have the post game coming up next, uh, and we're going to do another crazy story for you guys. What was it? Um, oh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus's wife with a vault of marijuana. Uh, and people are criticizing her from the right wing, saying you shouldn't smoke pot, and from the left wing, saying if you were black, you'd be in jail. <laughs> so, dyd.com/slash/join to become a member and get the post game, uh, and we'll see you guys over there. Thanks again, Walt. Thanks.